I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Today, I'm going to be joined by Dominic from Kershaw Knives, and uh, he's got uh, some questions he's going to answer for me. I was really curious you know, what people are looking for if they're new to knives, and I know that uh, you know, there's fishing season going on right now, hunting season's coming up um, for different kind of things. So we're, you know, not just diesel enthusiasts, we're also outdoorsmen and, and, and like to do things, um, you know, outside. And I wanted to learn more about things that people should look for when it comes to knives and any questions that you guys have that we can help answer for you. Before we get to it though, want to make sure if you guys want to see the guests, want to see the trucks, want to see you know, parts, the things we're talking about, and you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure and head on over. Just search the Diesel Podcast, click subscribe. You'll be notified whenever we release an episode. There's a lot of really great questions and discussions that go on on episodes. We're always checking those, even from episodes we have two, three, four, five years ago. So it's always great to see how you, know, you guys are coming across the video for the first time and might have a question from, you know, an episode we did in 2018, 2019, but in 2022. So that keeps us on our toes and also helps us think, you know, what kind of episodes to bring you guys and, you know, what kind of guests to have on to talk about. So make sure you subscribe on there. Also, you're going to see a code up on the screen and a link down below for our Discord. There's a, a lot of really awesome conversations, suggestions, and a lot of really cool builds that you guys have. I love seeing what you guys are working on. We've got a lot of Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke trucks on there, whether it's a 6-liter, six 6.7, six um, you know, LBZ, 12-valve uh, Cummins, 6.7 Cummins. There's so many cool trucks, cool builds going on there. If you're a diesel enthusiast, you definitely want to head on over and check that out. It's completely free to join. We've got tons of different sections. If you just want to focus on technical information or episode suggestions, or you just want to, you know, see what's going on in the Duramax world or what people are working on with their Power Stroke or their Cummins, it's all right there for you. All right, let's get to today's episode with Dominic from Kershaw Knives and chatting about common questions that they get and things we look we should look out for if we're looking to pick up a knife. Dominic, welcome back to the Diesel Podcast. I always enjoy our our chats and and learning things about uh, you know the knife world and and uh, you know a lot of our a lot of our listeners, myself, we're really interested and uh, it, it's a really cool uh, subject to cover. There's so many questions and so many things. So I think we're going to have a great chat today, learning more and, and chatting about Kershaw. Yeah. Thanks for uh, having me back, Patrick. Always you know, fun to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, always an interesting chat. I was just thinking, you know, what, um, what would be, you know, some top recommendations that you guys would have, you know, if somebody goes to your website or, you know, they're looking through your product catalog, what, you know, what should we look for? And I, I guess the reason that, um, you know, I approach it that way is, you know, there's a lot of people that are, are new to knives or, or thinking about it in a different way. They've listened to our podcast and they're thinking about the EDC and the work and the camping and hunting and things like that. So I'm really curious, you know, what, what your top five recommendations would be. Yeah. Um, you know, there is a lot of, uh, personal, um, personal decision-making, I guess that goes through with choosing what knife works for you, right? Like, you know, do you really care about USA manufacturing or are you looking more for, you know, the price point? Are you looking for, you know, um, better than basic blade steel? There's so many things that go into that decision, which is why our catalog is so deep. I know we've talked about that before, right? Yeah. Um, 
But just as a, I guess, rule of thumb, I, I have a few that I, I like to recommend to people based on certain criteria. So, for example, if like USA manufacturing is really important to you um, and you need something that's really, really solid, sturdy for on the job or out about just, you know, something that can handle a lot of work. Um, the blur is is hands down one of our all time bestsellers. Um, the the handles have track tech inserts on them like it's kind of like uh, skateboard grip type so if you're wearing gloves if your hands are wet or muddy or whatever it, it uh, you have a good grip on it um, and it's got a, a nice large blade but it's not a large knife you know so it doesn't take up a ton of uh, pocket real estate but it is you know not something that's small and it's pretty affordable too for what you're getting you know USA manufacturing these days especially is not that um, is not cheap so but you can generally find those for just under about a hundred dollars um as well if if um if automatics are legal in your state a lot of states they are there are still a few states that are not legal to carry those um you can even carry them in california they just have to be a certain size or no more no larger the blade can be no larger than two inches um so we actually do have three different automatics that are California legal. But the thing I like about the, uh, the launch series, which is our automatics is that there um, we're up to 14 different models. Now there's, like I said, those three small ones, which are legal in California, but you know, they're super popular. You look at them at first, you're like, man, that thing's small. The blade's not even two inches, but people love them. You know, <laughs> they're fun, they're snappy and they're super, uh, they're super handy without again, taking up a ton of pocket space. Um, and all of the launch series comes with CPM 154 blade steel, which is, you know, on the Kershaw side, a more premium blade steel, um, you know, just in blade steel in general, it's probably on the upper middle end. So you're getting a lot of bang for your buck and just, they're so fun. Um, I carry one a lot. This is, a the, the launch one, it's an exclusive for a dealer. You can't get this red, but I mean, they're just so snappy and yeah. fun to carry. Um, it. It's interesting. Cause I, in Colorado, they legalized them. I don't know, seven or eight years ago. And I've got a launch. I think it's a launch eight and I love it. Like it is so positive and just, I just, just sit there sometimes and just look at it, but it's so, it fits in the pocket so well, it doesn't take up a lot of real estate. So I can definitely understand that. Yeah. And you know, because there's 14 different models, you have, um, you have more, you know, choice there that you can kind of say, okay, this is my preference. This is what I like out of a knife. And, and you should be able to find something for yourself. Um, and then I guess if you're looking for, you know, if, if price points really where you're at, like, you're like, okay, I want a knife, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. Um, the cryo or cryo two is like wildly popular on Amazon, the cryo, um, and cryo two has over 4,000 positive reviews. Um, and it's, you can generally find them, um, and in, in retail or Amazon or on our website for, you know, starting about $45, uh, depending on which one up to maybe 60. So, um, really affordable and they're a workhorse for what they are, man. They, they hold up, um, they got a good belly on them. It's a, a you know, drop point blade. So there's a nice point on it. They can handle uh, a ton of work. It's one of the things I, I know I mentioned it on other podcasts we've done, but I love going like to the Kershaw website because there's so many different choices. I don't feel like I'm just boxed into a, you know, a handful of different things and I can, you know, get things for different uses. So something I might keep like in a, in a tool bag or, you know, in my truck or a backpack or 
something I want to carry every day. It's just, there's so many choices and, and, uh, I, I love that ability to be able to tailor it towards a budget, which I think right now is probably really important with, you know, different things that are going on and, and, you know, kind of stretching our funds out and, and, and trying to stay ahead of things. I think that's really important that you could find something to fit the use, you know, that you have. Yeah. And just to, you know, to help your listeners out a little bit, if, if somebody's interested in getting a new pocket knife or one of the ones we just talked about, um, you, they can use diesel 20 um, all the way through September 1st and get an additional 20% off of uh, any model on our website right now. So, Oh, cool. I, I know people definitely appreciate that and, uh, <laughs> you know, head on over the website, you know, and, and, uh, and, and check it out. I've spent so much time on there just looking around and it's not even just knives. There's a lot of other cool things that you guys have that fit into kind of a lifestyle. Um, you know, whether it's outdoors or, or just EDC, whatever it might be, there, there's so much there. For sure. I mean, we've even come out in, in the last, uh, in our last release back in uh, early summer, some new fixed blades too. You know, fixed, fixed blades aren't as popular as they once were, um, but there's still, you know, there's still a niche crowd out there that really loves carrying a fixed blade every day, or whether you're a hunter or an angler, you, you, you know, you want something that's not a folder um, and uh, the Deschutes Caper and Skinner. I really love um, the, uh, the Caper just, it's, it's a smaller fixed blade. Uh, and, you know, I think if, if you're into fixed blades, check that out. It would be a great, um, everyday carry, um, as well as utilitarian. If you're an outdoors person, the, uh, now when people are contacting you guys and whether it's through social media or maybe they call in or, or maybe you're at a trade show or, or, or something like that, what are some common questions that you guys are getting, you know, from your fans, maybe people who've never owned a, a Kershaw knife before, and they're just, you know, asking you questions, um, maybe, you know, to switch brands or they're just, you know, new to knives and, and things like that. I'm really curious what, what people would ask you guys. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, two things come to mind. Uh, the first thing is it's incredible that even people that have known me for years and know I work at Kershaw and Kerry Kershaw still ask me this question all the time. It just happened yesterday. As a matter of fact, um, they'll be like, Hey man, you know, like I busted my pocket clip. Um, can you do anything for me? I know you work at Kershaw and I'm like, dude, I, you don't need me for that. <laughs> like go on our website and at the top, you know, there's a, a there's a support tab and, and there's a parts request form. You go and put the model number, your, your knife, um, your name, your address, and it's not just pocket clips. Uh, I want to point that out too. You can, um, you know, body screws, your torsion bar, which is the assisted open mechanism. There's a laundry list of, of parts that if you, if you need them replaced and you're willing to do it yourself, you can go to our website, fill out the form. And generally speaking, sometimes we're busier than others, but generally speaking within, you know, five to 10 business days, you'll have the parts in your mailbox. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, uh, certainly other companies do that as well. Um, but in terms of doing it for free, especially shipping these days, you know, it's yeah. not you, just your, your basic USPS is, I think, like, you know, $6 these days. So for a company still to still be willing to send you parts and, and pay the shipping and everything like that, I think that's a, a you know, really speaks to how we want to stand behind the product, no matter how much it costs you. I think that's really going to stand out to our listeners who are diesel truck owners, where a lot of times, um, you know, we have, say, a compound turbo setup or, um, you know, something we did to the engine or air intake or fuel system or whatever it might be. A lot of manufacturers won't have a sort of, you know, a parts breakdown like that, or, you know, where you can go and get components, a band clamp, something like that. So it, it takes 
a lot more effort on the automotive side to be able to get that. So, um, yeah, what you, what you just mentioned is uh, is something that's that's really cool, and I'm sure makes it you know easy for people to just you know be able to get stuff or you know maybe have spares if 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 they want them. Absolutely, um, you know, and it's it's I, the surprise in people's voice when you tell them that because it's just it, you know it's not really the norm in the world anymore. Um, and, and so the excitement that people are like, oh, my God, I've just had that sitting in my drawer for the last like six months because I, you know, the pocket clip was broken. I didn't want to carry it anymore. Right. So, <laughs> you know, they get to put something back into use that they really like, which I I find very enjoyable when you're able to share that with somebody. But um, the second thing I want to bring up is we get a lot from from fans of, you know, people that really like U.S. manufacturing, you know, whether you're in a union or, you know, you just you just like supporting U.S. jobs. People be like, hey, you know, we really love you to bring back. Can you bring back all your U.S. manufacturing? And um, that's kind of a myth. Well, it's not kind of a myth. It is a myth. We never have been full USA made company. Um you know, it wasn't until 1997 that we made, that we started making product in the U.S. Up to that point, um, it was all imported product. Um, and then so starting in 97, we, we built the factory that we have now. And, and today we make in the U.S. over a million knives. And um, we employ right about 400 people in our, in our Oregon headquarters. So um, we can't provide, we want to always provide something for everyone. I know we've talked about that before, right? And I mentioned yeah. that earlier and we can't do that by only manufacturing in the U S. Um, but we know that there's a lot of people out there that are fans of U S made products. And that's why we're super happy to, to be able to fill that need and that desire and, and create great products. But at the same time, every knife that we, that we manufacture overseas with our partners, um, it's designed here. Um, it's quality controlled here. You know, when, when we get a shipment in from, you know, that comes in a container, it goes, we have a whole team that quality inspects everything that comes in. Um, that doesn't mean that something doesn't slip through and gets out the door and, you know, you need to send it in for warranty because something was wrong with it. Certainly when you're, you know, you're making as many products as we do, that's going to happen. That's why we, we stand behind everything that we do. Um, but there's a lot, my point is there's a lot of us staff member time that goes into something that's not manufactured here. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. That's really important because I think that that can be a perception even, uh, you know, when I think of other industries or other things is I think um, I even do it myself. Sometimes I think, oh, it comes in on a container. It's just like it goes in a box and gets shipped out. And I don't know the, the QC that goes into it or the processes that are in place. So I think to to know how much you know effort and time and uh, you know, the process that you guys have in place is really important. So if, you know, you, you do you know, buy something that fits into your budget or you need something, um, you know, that, uh, that you know, that fits the, the funds that you have available, you still know that the the quality control and the engineering went into it. So there, there's a level of confidence with that purchase. Definitely. You should feel, you should feel proud that, you know, if it's what you can afford or if it's what you like, that there was still, you know, there was still staff time here in the U.S. that went into making sure that that uh, that product got to you and is, is a great product. And the people when they some of those common questions, do you guys get a lot of ideas or requests for like a custom kind of knife or something, you know, just whatever it might be, you know, do, do people you know, message or, or call or, or talk to you guys about that? Yeah, for sure. We've got some gems over the years, you know, and I'm guilty of doing the same thing. Um, <clears throat> I had a good friend that, that worked for um, a, a waiter manufacturing company. And I was like, Hey man, if you could only do like, 
make this change to this product. It would be awesome. And I'm, you know, now that I've seen that from the other side, I'm like, yeah, it would be awesome for me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, but that doesn't mean it would be awesome for a mass made product. Um, but yeah, we get a lot of people that are like, Hey, you know, could you maybe change that knife with this blade steel or this handle material or change the blade shape or the blade length? And, you know, cause it, that's exactly what they want. And it's cool to see that and, and the, and the passion behind the product. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, that's why we offer so much variety is because there's no one knife that's going to fit the preference and needs of everybody, you know? And so I understand we do get a lot of those questions and I understand it, but again, that's, like I said, that's why our catalog is so large. It kind of just sparked a, a question you know, that I was thinking of right now is how do you guys judge you know, I can understand, say, one person messages in or calls in and has this one idea. But if you get 10 people or 20 people, what goes into, say, launching a whole new style of knife or adding features, you know, people want? Is it just, you know, a ton of fans messaging into it? Is it um, a combination of that and, you know, internal discussions or what goes into launching something brand new? Yeah, that's a great question. There's, there, you know, it's amazing we have an intern in the marketing department right now and uh, kind of they've just got an insight into seeing um, the amount of work that goes in after the product has been developed to getting it to market. Right. And there, we have to, you know, that effort's duplicated before it even gets to us to, you know, to get it to the marketplace in terms of, you know, from just concept prototyping um, then R and D, and, and samples, manufacturing, everything like that, tooling. Um, but it, we do listen to fans. Certainly, you know, we try and engage with fans as best we can on, on social media. Uh, we always uh, are watching comments and DMs and responding to fans um, because I, I think that's important if you want to make that personal connection with your fans to, to know that, that you're there and they can ask you a question and you respond. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say, though, that we have, like, one set, um, you know, like metric that we're looking at, like, oh, okay, 50 people asked for that. So now we need to look into it. it it's there's, you know, certainly a lot of research that goes into market trends and, you know, uh, sales volume of, of previous, maybe similar type things. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes before we decide to move forward with something. What are some other common questions that, uh, that people message in with that, uh, that, you know, keep you guys on your toes or, or just get you guys thinking or, um, you know, just, just feedback that you guys are hearing from the market. Yeah. You know, another thing that, um, that we, at least on social that we see a lot of is that, um, you know, somebody, for example, could, could have an issue with their product. And it, you know, like we said, that, that just happens. It's the name of the game when you're even in the U S making a million knives, let alone what you're bringing in overseas. But, um, they'll see like one person had a bad experience and, and, um, you know, they make a review or they post a video online about it. And then people doing their due diligence before they buy a product, right. They're looking at reviews, look at things. And then they'll ask us about that. Like, Hey, did you fix this problem? Um, or, you know, did you, did you change the design of that because of this one video? And, you know, certainly when, when those issues come up, we've, we almost always reach out to the person or the person's always reached out to us. Um, so the issue with the person has been corrected a lot of times, um, but it's not a wide scale issue and, and helping people understand that just because that one person had one bad experience doesn't mean that everybody has that experience. Right. 
Um, so that's something we see, you know, uh, that's just the nature of, of the world these days. You know, anybody can make a YouTube video or post an Instagram thing and it can go, you know, get really popular. And, and certainly there's way more positive stuff out there on the knives than there is negative, but it seems like a lot of times in, in, in this day and age, the negative stuff will float to the top at times. Oh, definitely. Yeah, we, we, we really see that in an automotive, you know, with, with trucks and things will somebody will have a problem with, you know, a brand new F-250 or a Ram or a Duramax. And it's like, when you're doing that due diligence before you go spend the money on one, you, you, you know, you've seen this video or, or read this review, or it might be on a Facebook group or an Instagram page and we fixate on it and we think, oh, wow, do all F-250s have death wobble or do, you know, do all 68 RFEs and, and Dodge Ram trucks fail? And, and I think that's a really important, important thing to, you know, consider is I think that the negative stuff just gets amplified so much that it can almost overshadow it. So as a company, how do you guys stay ahead of that? And I asked that question because I think, you know, a lot of our listeners are, um, shop owners, they own their own businesses and they get that kind of stuff as well, whether it's a, you know, review on Google or, you know, they, they made a product or something like that. And you guys are a massive company and been doing this for so long that I think they're going to, you know, look for a tip or, or some insights into how you guys stay ahead of, you know, that one thing that maybe didn't go right. Or that one issue with, you know, a knife, how do you, you know, stay ahead of it as far as the perception people have of, of a product line or a particular product? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think there's multiple ways to approach that number one from the development side of the thing. And then number two, from a marketing perspective and, and, you know, customer service perspective, um, from the development side of things that, you know, there's, there's a specific, I can't go into details, but there's a specific knife that we've been working on for four years now. Um, and the reason it's taken so long is because we want it to be right. And um, we're looking for it to be able to last past a certain amount of uses, for example, before it starts to fail, right? And until we can figure out how to get it to that point, we're not bringing it to market. Um, I know that's pretty vague, but hopefully everybody kind of understands what I'm saying. Um, and then from a customer service, you know, and, and, and marketing standpoint, you know, always highlighting if you have a problem that we that were willing to take care of it for you. And then sharing all the positivity that's out there. You know, we do a testimonial Tuesday on Instagram every week because there's just so many people out there that love the product and are constantly, you know, praising it, talking about how they use it, how much they love it. And not only is it a way to make our fans feel appreciated because we'll reshare their content, um, but it also shows that, Hey, you know, Every, you know, every company is going to have, you know, a tiny, tiny percent of things go wrong, but look at all the positivity here. And really that's, you know, I think really our team does a great job engaging our fans and making sure that everybody knows if something goes wrong, here's how we'll handle it for you. Um, here's, you know, like we just talked about the parts thing, go to the parts form. If you don't feel comfortable doing it yourself, send it to us. We'll get it back to you in a few weeks, you know, um, there's a lot of time and effort that goes into from our side, making sure that the customer is happy at the end of the day. Hey, that's really, that's really important. The, uh, you know, just people knowing that it's taken care of. Cause I, whenever I've seen something on, you know, on the diesel side or the truck side where it just turns into just almost like a PR nightmare is because somebody feels like they're not getting help or assistance. And I think that's probably a huge, 
a huge, um, you know, benefit or, or it, it gives us a lot of confidence, I think, as a, as a consumer <clears throat> that I know if I do have a problem, I can just call up and, you know, or, or go on a website or, or email in and I'm taken care of versus, you know, other situations with other um, products or, or, or things out there where there's so much frustration because you just can't get a hold of someone or you don't get an email back or, you know, you message in and you never hear from someone. That's where the frustration and, you know, the, 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 uh, the complaining kind of gets louder and louder and louder. And so I think just, you know, taking it uh, kind of head on and, and, uh, you know, taking care of the issue as quickly as possible probably goes a really long way to, to, you know, keeping things, um, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of streamline so people have confidence in, in, and they understand how you guys operate. Absolutely. I mean, like, you know, any, t- I'm a, I'm a customer as well, right? Maybe not with Kershaw, um, cause I work here. Um, but you know, I buy things too. And I, I understand how somebody would feel at the end of the day, if they didn't feel like they were taken care of, because I've been there too. And, you know, you want to do everything you can to avoid that. Um, but really, Again, that's that's such a small portion of, of what we do that the overwhelming majority of, of our fans and customers have such great experiences. They never even have to go through those channels. So I think that's that's also important to note as well. Well, I know when we first started chatting this year, I think on our first episode, we were talking about some new releases that you guys had like in the first quarter. Um, maybe even into the second quarter a little bit. And I've had some of our listeners, you know, send me a direct message or, um, some I've chatted with and they're like, Hey, well, what, what is Kershaw coming out with, you know, in the second part of the year, what's coming up? Because I really, you know, I bought this knife, um, you know, in the springtime and I really like it and I want to get something else, but you know, like what new is coming up? So I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, the kind of second half of this year and, and some new things you guys may have on the horizon. Yeah, you know, um, historically, we did really only one product release every year, and that was in shot, at SHOT Show in January. Um, and at the start of COVID, you know, obviously SHOT Show was canceled, so we, have to, we had to figure out, you know, how do we, how do we bring products to marketplace out, you know, outside of SHOT? Um, and it really changed how we, how we do product releases now going forward, even in a post-COVID world or, you know, in a world where we just deal with COVID, um, is we're doing multiple product releases a year now. And, and part of the reason for that is when we are at shot and say we released 25 new products, you know, five of them may have been available immediately, you know, then 10 maybe hit the marketplace in, in say March and then another five in August. And, um, you know, sometimes it, it was a wait for people that were really excited about a model. Yeah. Um, and so what we're doing now is multiple releases a year and only releasing product that is available immediate, immediately or it's only a couple week wait, right? So we did one in January this year. We also did one back in June and we have the third and final one for this year um, coming up in the fourth quarter around, around October. Um, we haven't announced a, an actual date yet or I would give, I, I'd give that information out, but it'll be around October. Um, and yeah, we have a, a few items in that. And then of course, in January, um, we'll have a, a larger you know, release January is obviously the biggest one of the year, but we still release multiple models throughout, like I said. Uh, but that January release, man, there's some exciting stuff. Again, I can't really give a lot of detail, but, you know, maybe there's a new opening mechanism. Maybe there's a new locking mechanism, you know, maybe some handle materials that we haven't used before. Uh, I'm pretty excited about January. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really insightful what you said, because I've seen it with our industry as well with, um, you know, it, it, it used to be really focused on, 
um, events or you know, like SEMA was huge to release products. And then when it was canceled in 2020, companies had to think, okay, well, how do I showcase my new turbo kit or my new um, intercooler or whatever it might be? And they had to adapt really quick and say, okay, well, I still need to release these products. I still want people to know about them. How do I do it? And it might not be timed, you know, like SEMA's in the fall, um, you know, and, and SHOT Show is something I always used to follow. Um, but I've also seen, you know, with knives and you know, other types of products that, that I'm into, it's, it's kind of switched to it being, I guess, directly showcased, you know, like a, a company saying, Hey, we're releasing this in the spring or the summer. Um, and it, it's really cool. So I, I pay attention more throughout the year now, instead of just, you know, kind of really focusing in on a particular month or particular event or, or, or something like that. So as a consumer, I'm really excited to be able to see things, you know, roll out throughout the year and not have to necessarily focus on one particular, one particular thing. Absolutely. You know, and I think it, it, like you said, it, you know, it, there's nothing worse than being excited about a product and be like, okay, I'm, I'm jacked for that. Let me get it. I put my pre-order in or I put my deposit down and then it's like, okay, all right. It's two weeks later. Is it ready yet? Mm-hmm. It's a month later. Is it ready yet? And then all of a sudden you're two, three, four months down the line and you and you totally forget about it. Your credit card gets hit and then it shows up in the door. You're like, I can't, I, I totally forgot I ordered this, <laughs> you know? So Oh yeah. Yeah. There was a weapon light I was really interested in and I was so excited for it. I loved how it mounted. I loved all the the specifications on it, but it's not ready to buy yet. I just can see all the stuff and then I forget about it. And then all of a sudden, you know, I sign up for like an in-stock notification or something. And like four months later, you know, I'm like, oh wow, I totally forgot that I was really into that. So uh, (laughs) that's kind of how it works. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it was, uh, it was fantastic to, to catch up with you, Dominic, and uh, we're definitely going to make sure that, uh, you know, we get that discount code out there for people. And, uh, yeah, I, I love seeing what you guys are doing. Like I said, I, I picked up that launch eight. Gosh, it was earlier in the year, maybe late last year. And there's a couple other ones I, I, I've picked up for different uses, and I love them. I mean, I think on one of the episodes I was talking about, you know, this other knife I had and the blade would get dull and stuff. And I can't tell you how many packages I've opened with one of the Kershaw knives I have. And it's, it's still going strong. Like I haven't had to sharpen it. And so I was like, man, this is, this is awesome. Like I don't have to, you know, get out the tools and, and start sharpening stuff. So I always appreciate our chats and, and, and the insights uh, that you provide. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's always a good chat and uh, glad to be able to offer your, your listeners and fans a, a discount code and hopefully um, that'll help ease some of the, uh, the cost increases we're seeing these days. Don't forget, Diesel fans, make sure and head on over to our Discord. There'll be a, a code and also an invite link down below. It's completely free to join. Want to see you guys over there. Want to see the trucks that you're working on, the questions that you ask. I love to be able to connect you guys with either companies or guests that we've had on to be able to answer those questions and make sure you guys build your truck the way you want the first time and don't waste any money. Also, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure and head on over to YouTube. Just search a Diesel Podcast. will pop right up and just click subscribe. You'll be able to see all of our videos right when they release. Lots of uh, really great discussions and suggestions on tons of different topics, whether it's emissions, building a Cummins, Duramax, Power Stroke, what's going on in the industry, restorations, tons of different stuff on there. And you'll be able to actually see the trucks or, you know, some of our guests will pick up the camera, walk around, show us the engine, the turbo, the different things that they talked about. So it's a way to add a a visual aspect uh, to the podcast. I also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters. You guys do a ton for us. 
helping us grow, helping us get better equipment, helping us be able to deliver the uh, the best quality podcast that we can and the support that you guys give go a long way. So I want to give a shout out to Texas Diesel Supply, Wrights Diesel Services, Caleb, Tyler Lowen of 23 Diesel, and all the other uh, supporters we have on there. Also on Discord, podcast apps, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. You guys keep us going, keep us inspired, and we love being able to deliver content that you guys want so you can build your trucks, you know, the, the, the best way you can up front, not waste money, and just be able to enjoy it, be able to have fun and build it the right way at the start. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.